All righty, back out of here on The Fan. It is Jonathan Pittman with you guys. Hope you guys are enjoying your Monday. Now, as we always do at this time, let's get to The Fan Focus. All right, leading us off, it's going to be Nick and Dustin on Cade York after a less than stellar preseason game number two. Could it go wrong? Yes. Could we be watching it in real time go wrong? Yes. But we already had it out for this kid in the first place that he wasn't he was he didn't live up to his draft billing last year. And again, 75% of field goal percentage is not good enough. That's he also fair. missed a bunch of PATs. He actually had like 96% uh PAT. 94.5%. So what he missed? Two? Three. Wait, wait, no, two. So that, that's pretty doable for kickers. Nobody around him actually had a better extra point percentage until you get up to Legatron. So I, I'm not saying it's not going wrong. I'm just saying the the immediate reaction every time this kid kicks of replace him. Okay, to what end? Because anybody you get right now, you can get Jake Moody, who's who might get cut in San Francisco. Okay, he's a former third round pick that hasn't lived up to the billing. So you're just trading your Cade York for somebody else's Cade York. I'm not I, I, honestly. I don't really give a rip who it is. I want them to make kicks. And I do. The team is, like I've said before, too talented for it to come down to a kicker. Yep. Um, but we're not going to know till you get him in the regular season. So I think, I think, I think panicking prematurely by yeah, moving I'll, on I'll, from him. I'm just telling you, if you can't make him in the preseason, you ain't going to make him in the regular season. I mean, it happens all the time. The guys struggle in the preseason and they go out and they're fine in the regular season. It does? Yeah. We just don't pay enough attention to it because they're kickers, and we only think of kickers when they are absolute ass. Or Justin Tucker. Everybody in between is like, uh, I, I, he's good, I guess. <laughs> like, we only pay attention to kickers, it, similar to offensive linemen, when it's really good or really bad. Yeah, kickers are just treated differently. You could be having a great season and have one bad game where you miss three kicks and you're just cut. They're treated like how we treat milk that has gone bad. The moment it's bad, it's just, it's bad. There's no bringing sour milk back to being good. Same thing with kickers. They, it, for some reason, they're looked at like damaged goods. Roberto Aguayo is the best example here. Second-round pick, missed nine kicks his first year, was cut after missing a kick in preseason game number one in what would have been his second year, never got back. When you look at his pro football reference page for what is the one of the best college kickers the game has ever seen, you get one season, and that's it. I don't know that Kate York deserves more than one season. If Roberto Aguayo... Two rounds ahead of him got cut at basically the same point that Cade York is at right now. You know, when the milk's gone bad, the milk's gone bad. The question the Browns have, and I think this is why this is different, is that Roberto Aguayo was also missing kicks in practice. Cade York isn't missing uh, kicks in practice. I think that's the alarming, weird part of this, is that you're like, I I don't want to give up on him. He's Babe Ruth in practice. I I can't just throw that away, so what do you do? Well, for the Browns, they got to figure it out. Maybe get him over at first energy kicking a little bit more. Probably would have helped him out there as well. All right, Cannon Lima on Anthony's trip to Chicago. Here we go. It'll be okay. I know that the drive was hellish. I told you about us taking Axel to Pittsburgh. I told you about us taking Axel back from, from Myrtle Beach. It, you know, it, it does get better. Even with that, another one coming? Yes, I swear to God. It does, mm. Because honestly, they start to pay attention to each other and they start to play with each other. I'm telling you right now. They will occupy each other's time. I'm telling you right now. They will occupy each other's time. I'm keeping my fingers crossed, man. I promise you. I promise you. We came home from Chicago after, and we were only there two nights, and we drove there, we drove back, and it was constant stress. 
And, of course, my wife is pregnant, so getting her through the emotions of having that situation play out and having us have to take turns all weekend, being able to go to these mm-hmm. events. So mm-hmm. it was her brother. Uh, congratulations to Jake getting married in Chicago. Um, it was so stressful that I don't know that we ever want to travel again. Like, that could be it with the baby. We didn't go... No, we went to Myrtle and came back, and Axel was one. And, I mean, he was just a tremendous – he was he was the worst crier of the family. Of all three boys, he was the, and he was the first, and he was the worst. And he cried. That, that time coming back from Myrtle, that was one of the most trying trips I've ever had in my life. And our best friends were with us on that trip, and, I mean, they could not have been more patient. And Because I, I was like, I can't believe you guys are dealing with this. I'm about to lose my mind. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sad. But then I'm telling you, we, we, then we had Eli. Well, Liz had Eli. I just looked pregnant. Um, Liz had Eli. And once he could kind of give a return on investment, they've just occupied each other's time since. And then Jonah was just an addition. Jonah yeah. was a spur of the moment. Yeah. All right, let's have a thought. But I, I think I think it's the, the sanitizing of bottles while you're on the road, the packing of extra coolers, and I'm looking at the hotel room Oh, until going, you won't care. Look at the amount of stuff we have for this. It is a chore to do anything. Yeah, you'll get that'll that'll start to go out the window. No, you, you just won't care anymore. Yeah, I didn't care. Just rinse it out. There you go. Yep. Throw it back yep. in circulation. There was no, yep, that's what we did. Well, I that's what we did. Believe me, if it were up to me, we asked about how much power Stefanski's gained in four years. I know how much power I've gained in the last three years in this relationship, and the answer is zero. Well, hey, remember, you're talking to the guy. I don't know my own bank codes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much I make. I don't know what we pay in taxes. I don't know what bills are. Liz takes care of all that. She has. A, if I ever ran a follow Liz, she could ruin my life. Man, I was riding such a high. Did a quick, quick trip. Four different flights because nothing in Cleveland is a direct flight. I hate that, but it's true. And uh, went to Kansas City over the weekend for my niece's second birthday party. We had four flights in total with my six-month-old, and she was a rock star. We left Saturday morning. We came back Sunday night. She got an A-plus on all four trips. She didn't cry. She slept a lot. She ate a lot. She didn't cry. My wife did a fantastic job of getting her all ready to go, though. She was all ready. She was set. She had game plans. And I was like, well, okay, I'm not worried about the we – we had a car ride coming up next week. We're going to Nashville for my brother-in-law's wedding. So very similar situation than what Lima was just talking about. I, was never, I wasn't worried about the car ride. I was worried about the planes. Car rides I thought would be easy. Now I'm back to wor- being worried. I'm worried about the car ride now. But the thing with the car ride is that, and this is why I'm fine, if my baby loses it, her mom's right there in the back seat. She'll be all right. But I'm not bothering anybody else in the process. I was worried about the plane because you don't want to be the family with the crying baby. Nobody wants to be the family with the crying baby. If I have a crying baby in the car and she's just bothering me so I can't listen to Morgan Wallen and Taylor Swift, I'll be okay. I promise you. I'll be okay. It's not a weird combo, by the way. Morgan Wallen and Taylor Swift is like the exact combo that people have. That's not nothing weird about that combo at all. Side eyes over there. I is perfect combo. But yeah, and I learned that over the weekend too, by the way. I learned that uh, when I don't have shows on Saturday or Sunday and I'm just in a car by myself for 40 minutes or with my wife and my baby, I just turn it into carpool karaoke. I'm just, I'm singing nonstop and I got to remind myself like, hey, you have a five hour radio show. Tone it down. Tone it down. We don't want to throw out the voice. All right, next up. Baskin and Phelps as they go outside of the Browns. Here we go. Just sign a one-year every year. But things year happen with where after you, you sign to. contracts, though, right? Sometimes you sign a contract doesn't mean you're signing over your 80. life. So what? 
What if the owner you does something go, to you, you, you don't want to play for, for another, anymore? You want to go work for another place in town? This isn't about me. This is about no, James Harden. it's about Harden. a contract. Yeah, but what it's happens It's about if, a contract. Okay, so let's just say, I'm just going to throw this out there. Let's say you sign a contract for somebody, and the ownership group does something unethical or wrong, or you see something wrong, and you're like, you know what? I know they pay me money. I, I'm going to go find a job somewhere else doing something else. Because I feel like I can't work for that company anymore. The Philadelphia 76ers haven't done anything unethical. Well, he's saying that he's a liar. Yeah, because they said they'd try and trade him. They tried. Is there more to it, though? Or is that just what we're reporting in the media? Andy, you ever have a boss lie to you? Certainly not the Pooh Bar or the I have Every boss that I've ever had has been great to me. We love you guys. They've never stabbed me in the back or ever, you know, gone against their word. They always have my back. Everyone. Seriously. The guys we work for are terrific. Yeah, they are. But we've all worked for people that you thought, man, that wasn't right. Guess what? If you sign a contract, you've got to work there. Yeah, but it's not how the NBA is set up, though. The NBA isn't set up of, uh, oh, we signed a contract here. Let's uh, let's report for work and then let's put in the hours and do it. It's, it's not how it works. The NBA is about player empowerment, always has been, always will be. That's what makes the Dame Lillard situation so interesting. Dame's not getting what he wants. Most NBA players at this point get what they want. Dame's not getting what he wants. It's throwing the NBA ecosystem on its head. Uh, James Harden is probably befuddled by the fact that he has not gotten his wish. And that's why he's doing this in China as he's speaking out about the fact that he doesn't want to play for Daryl Morey because Daryl Morey's a liar. You want to know the quickest way to get off of a basketball team? Throw the GM under the bus and besmirch their name and who they are as a human. That's the quickest way to get out of a job in life in general and also in basketball. That's the quickest way to have that happen. So, listen, James is just trying to do what he's got to do in order to get off that team. Don't know why he hates it so much there. He was a borderline all-star last year. I think with Maxi, I think with Embiid, that window's closing in a couple years, but it's open right now. There's something he doesn't jive with, though. I don't know. I just look at Philly. It'd be so much better to play there than, let's say, Houston. Nick and Dustin, as Dustin went to a comedy show over the weekend and was made to be the joke of the show. You loved it. And you're like, what? Uh, you, but it was like, you got to understand, like the music was playing and the Shania Twain. And then like, you know, I, I really, it was like I was a piece of meat. And I was like, you liked it. <laughs> and by, so it took about four instances of you explaining what happened to you that night that by the end you were like, ah, you're right. I totally loved it. I loved every second. Ah, I don't know about that. Oh, it's a, give me your first world problems there. You're so hot, She and this comedian invited you onto the stage to dance and look attractive. Ah, that's that's that happens to me all the time. Thank God I'm down a little weight. <laughs> Dude, you 30 pounds up. Still better than most of the guys she's going to pull in the audience. How many men were at the uh, not show? Not many men way? in the audience. Yeah. So Becky Robinson, of course, Friday night, by the way. So you actually... At, at House of Blues. You actually probably did the right thing because if, if, you, if she struck out with you, she was definitely... Get, if there are only six guys in the audience, chances are I, I, half of them are baddies. I had no choice. What? Why? Does I mean, she have she, a gun? No. Something about security guards love grab me by the arm. Yeah. Like she, she's like, get up here. I was wearing my uh, my Hugo Boss shirt and it said Boss on it. She goes, Hugo Boss guy, come up here. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. And and then next thing you know, I got a security guard grabbing me, taking me backstage. And next thing you know, I'm on stage. And she goes, take your shirt off. This. One thing led to another. You know what we're uh, figuring out here? What's that? How easy it 
is to get you to do anything. Yeah. Have a different take than me. You know, Nick, I disagree. Is this, do I just have to get like some Shania Twain in the background? If Man, I want to encourage you. I feel like a woman. So just. That's what it's on. For, for everybody in case they didn't it see was your Instagram You loved it, didn't you? I don't know that I loved it, but it was, it was, uh, it was unique. I'm calling absolute BS on you right now. And it's funny, so we did like the meet and greet. You smiled this whole segment, we, we by the way. We did the meet and greet with her after. She's super cool. She actually was very funny. Uh, and, and now I just saw on Instagram her like promo for the next show. It's like a big picture of me and her with my shirt off. Wait, you didn't love it. You sound like you hate it. Yeah, this sounds, I, I just, I might. I'm just wondering if I can get some like royalties out of this. I, I just, you kind of went I mad just, there. Uh, your voice went up a few <laughs> a couple octaves. Uh, you know, I hated it, but it was also the best time of my life. Yeah. I turned into Joe Paterno. <laughs> you loved it. You know he loved it. I, that's my biggest fear. Going to a, I love going to comedy shows. I do not want to be picked on. It ha- it's happened one time. It happened one time. My wife and I went to one of the big ones in New York. And this guy got on the stage... And he picked me out, and then he tried making fun of me and my wife and doing all that type of stuff. And and then he was like, so what do you do for a living? And I was like, uh, I work in sports radio. And then he went down, and he and he knew he knew someone that used to work at this radio station. And he pulled that person's name out and then said, do you know him? I'm like, no, I don't know him. That guy was before me. And then it turned into a really boring conversation because I was – I know how to shut down a convo. And I was not playing along at all. But he was like – he tried to make like a really personal convo there. And I'm like, this is not what we're doing here. You're supposed to bring the funny, not at my not at my expense, please. Oh, I don't want that. I hate I hate the idea of being called on at a comedy show. Hate it. All right, next up, Ken and Lima on Deshaun Watson. When I said this week that I expected him to look really really good, uh huh. I expected it to be in the passing game because he just took off and ran, and smartly so in all those situations. Like I had no problem with any of those those times that he decided to to tuck it and run. I think we got a chance to see that last year. So that's nothing new to me, his ability to run. Now, I see what you're saying when it comes to confidence. I just and, thought and it looking, looked totally different. Looking I in really command. Do. But I think I want to see it in the passing game. And when he does it in the passing game, that's when I'll say, okay, Deshaun's back. Because we did not see it in the passing game last well, year, with he, the exception of a couple passes he, against Washington, he was only able ironically to attempt, enough, last year. He was only able to attempt three passes. Right. So I... I if you're looking for it in the passing game, you're not going to get many opportunities. I just felt I saw well, body you... language-wise. I'm, I'm not attacking you for that. I'm not saying you're being negative or anything like that. I understand where you're coming from, and you're allowed to have you're you're allowed to have different tastes. I get that, but I just felt I I saw a guy who was more in charge of the offense, more in charge of everything going on already in one preseason game than I did during any of the six games last year. It almost felt like he was a guest. Of the Cleveland Browns last year, and he was just trying to like, like we always say, like when when guys fill in for us, and we're hosting with them, I'll just come out and say it. Like we go, what is your opinion on it? We're not, you're not just a placeholder. Go, you got to go. And I thought that he was just going. I I didn't think that he was just like, well, you know, we'll do the six games and things like that, and that'll be whatever. I thought things were more put together. I wish they would have capped it off with the score. I know that was very annoying to a lot of fans, including yeah. myself. I get that. Totally, I'm totally with you guys on that. Wish it would have been capped off. But I just felt like he was much more in control of the offense. The offense was ready for him better. It, better working with him. I, I thought that there were so many things that were better. I don't want to go crazy. That's why I'm not going to sit there and say 11-6 and six now instead of 10-7. and seven. I'm sticking to 10-7. and seven. 
But, man, I feel a lot better after Friday night. Yeah, I mean, I feel a lot better, too. And we're going to talk about it coming up next, but that is that was my big takeaway. Outside of the Cade York stuff, which obviously a lot of people wanted to discuss and wanted to talk about, feeling better about Deshaun Watson and the season now was my big takeaway. So I want to ask you guys, 216-474-0092, do you feel better about Deshaun and the season now that you watch preseason game number two? We're going to get to off the beaten path. It's going to be a little bit later on, around 10 o'clock or so. I want to get to this Deshaun discussion with you guys and get to your phone calls and your reaction at JP1. Is how you find me on Twitter. But first, there is more to the preseason than the action on the field. Daryl Ryder, Andy Baskin, they prove it during their podcast. It's always game day in Cleveland. Sponsored locally by Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling solution. Look for two fresh episodes each week at 92.3thefan.com or the Odyssey app.